Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. everyone bringing you a very special episode tonight a because it's nighttime and we we never make podcasts at night which maybe we should because I feel like usually our energy is a little more like (laughs) like spice things up a little bit uh yeah usually we're kind of like on the downfall of like a busy day or something and we're a little more unhinged yeah I feel like I would be so reactive (laughs) I'm not saying we should have coaching calls at this time. Right. Um, anyways, so it's nighttime. And the second reason it's going to be a little bit different is because today I'm going to interview Sarah. A little hot seat action. Oh yeah, those are good sound effects. Thank you. No, yours is better, but that's good. <laughs> sound effects um, things, we don't do them around here. Yeah. So that's what we're going to get into tonight is everything Sarah and she (sighs) is in the dark with all the questions I'm going to ask I did ask her prior was there anything she didn't want me to ask and so now she's scared but I promise I'm not getting that crazy with my questions here but you can also take them wherever you want so okay that's what we're in for tonight everybody so buckle up buckle up okay all right let's get into it the first interview style your favorite f word I'm terrified. Okay, well, I mean, let's dive right in. My first question for you is, why are you the way that you are? Fuck. Are you serious? I mean, obviously, I'm. You need to ask questions that I know the answer to because (laughs) I literally ask myself that every day. I spilt all over my shirt right before I got on that call uh, with Alex today. I spilt all over my shirt and I was like, why am I the way that I am? And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to still wear the shirt on the call. Perfect. Nice. You're painting a beautiful picture for everyone listening. Um, but I mean, like in all seriousness, what, if you're like going to reflect on the things that have kind of like created the Sarah that we all know and love today, we know parents and like siblings have a big role in like who we become, but are there any significant events or things that you were a part of or other people that you think really impacted who you are today? Hmm, that is a very good question. You can always leave it to Nicola to ask some great questions. <laughs> um, I mean, a couple of things that kind of came to mind off the bat was first of all, um, thinking back to like high school, I don't know if we've had this conversation on the podcast, but when I was in high school, I was like super insecure um, for multiple reasons that we don't need to get into here. But, um, part of that insecurity resulted in me, like treating other people really poorly, especially other girls. Um, and so that as I've like gotten older and started to like recognize how problematic that was, I think a lot of what I do in a coaching sense is maybe like trying to make up for that in some way, Mm -hmm you know, because I, I was very, not a nice person to a lot of people. And now inside of coaching, I really want to help people, you know, be their best selves or whatever (laughs) language you want to use. Um, and just like really step into themselves and their truth and all of that. And sometimes I do feel that it's like me trying to make up for that time in my life where I wasn't doing that for the people around me. Um, so I think, just growing and reflecting on that has definitely had an impact on the work that I like to do and the relationships that I like to build with people. So that was one. What else? Obviously you have had (laughs) a very big impact. Nicola was my first friend who was like, just stop it there. She was my first friend. (laughs) 
<laughs> she was my first friend and my only friend. <laughs> no, she was my first friend who really like was deep, you know, like in the simplest terms. Like I never, you introduced me to everything in terms of like self-awareness and all of that kind of stuff. And so I think obviously our relationship has had a huge impact on my life um, and work clearly. Um, so that, what else? I mean, relationships like romantic relationships, a really shitty one. And then a really amazing one that I'm in right now. Um, both of those have impacted me in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. When you're like reflecting back or when you were kind of in that like transition stage where you're like starting to acknowledge, like how, maybe your insecurities kind of manifested in maybe like some problematic or um, behavior you weren't super proud of, mm-hmm. or there like certain things that triggered that, like what starts your process in terms of like reflection? I think I always knew it. Like even when I was in it, I knew that that wasn't something that was nice, but I think that therapy was a really big one. Um, I remember in one of my like first therapy sessions, one of my, not one of my, my therapist, <laughs> asked me, um, we were talking about trauma. And so when we talk about trauma, I think, especially if we're new to that topic, we think of like very significant, big events that happen, Mm -hmm. like deaths, whatever, you know? Um, and so for me, I haven't had a lot of like those bigger quote unquote traumas in my life. So I was like, ah, no, I don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and he asked me or explained like trauma is any time where you got something that you didn't deserve or you didn't get something that you did deserve. And so he made me write a list of all of the things that I got that I didn't deserve and all of the things that I didn't get that I did deserve throughout my life. And that was intense. (laughs) That's heavy. It was so heavy and it was so it was really difficult. Um, and I think through that process and reflecting on a lot of that stuff was during like my high school years Mm -hmm. on both sides. Um, I think that started really the reflection of like, wow, I was acting like that because of this. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. because of there was stuff, you know, with my family, with my friends, all of that kind of stuff. Right. In both those categories. So it's, I think that that was really kind of like the lead domino for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause if we don't have someone to like, sometimes guide us with those things, it can be one thing to kind of feel like, yeah, okay. Something was going on. I wasn't doing like right by myself or right by others. But I think in order to take it further than just like a reflection or something that kind of like lingers in the background, often I think it comes from like either a conversation or work with someone else to really draw that out of you because mm-hmm. I think we kind of lack the tools to maybe like do something with it so a part of us is maybe like scared to acknowledge it because we don't know what to do with it Absolutely. or we're just like inequipped yeah well and there's a lot of shame there too right mm-hmm. because as soon as you acknowledge it and you admit it there is that shame that comes of just like being disappointed and you know, I've, I've thought about even like reaching out to people who were, you know, on the receiving end of that. Um, and I actually had, this was another thing that happened. Um, but I did have someone actually reach out to me and it was a male. And honestly, I like black out, like I have so dissociated and like blacked out some of those memories from high school that I don't even remember. Um, I'll see someone that I went to high school with and seeing them, I will like have this reaction that I like forget who they are. Like I know who they are, but like in that moment, I like won't remember like how I know them or what their name is. It's really weird. Um, But anyway, so, uh, and I think that, I think a huge part of that is just shame, Mm. right? Like there's just Mm -hmm. so much shame in how I acted at in that time of my life. But um. I had a male reach out to me. He sent me a Facebook message and he straight up said, how can you preach so much about people like loving themselves and blah, 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 when you made fun of me, basically. Yeah. 
And it was like, to hear that first of all, from a male, mm-hmm. right. Um, and to just like hear that when I already knew that that was a thing, it just hit me really hard. Um, and yeah, I mean, I messaged him back and I was like, I'm so sorry. I was going through a lot of my own shit and that doesn't like justify anything that I've said or the way that I treated you. But I want you to know that like, it was never about you. It was always about me. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, I've worked through a lot of that now. And in hindsight, I can recognize like how problematic that was. And I'm really sorry that you're at the receiving end kind of thing. Holy shit. That's, that's a tough one to be confronted with. Like, I kind of can't even imagine what that feels like. I mean, not to say I haven't done some serious harm, Yeah, but I don't think anyone's ever, um, like kind of come out of nowhere Mm -hmm. to remind me of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was really tough. And I mean, when we're talking about like, okay, treating people poorly, it's not like I did anything crazy, but it was just in the way that I like talked about people or Mm -hmm. like, you know, this guy as a teenager had acne. So I made fun of his acne. Guess what? Three years earlier, I wore a bandana on my entire forehead because my acne was so bad. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just stuff like that. Um, so it's really shitty, but I mean, I can't do anything about it now. It's just impacted the way that I really try to treat people moving forward. I mean, yeah, actually one of the questions I had asked is like, do you believe in this idea of like regrets? I feel like regret is something I've more recently heard people kind of like, um, depict in different ways where you'll hear some people are like, it's not a regret if you can learn a lesson from it or, you know, um, having regrets are silly. Like that's a way to move forward. And as much as I like, feel like that, like, yeah, that's a really positive spin on it and would be a great way if we could take everything we were like embarrassed or ashamed of, or like felt shitty about and turn that into like a positive cool. But I do think there's something like kind of powerful about still having it as a regret mm-hmm. how do you feel about regrets like is maybe like the way you treated people a regret or is it something else um I think that my thoughts around regrets are like kind of middle ground um in that I think absolutely we have regrets like yes treating people poorly has made me a better person now mm-hmm but I have no idea how me treating poorly may have affected those people. Right. Right. So that's something that I will always regret. Gotcha. But when it comes to regret, I think being able to learn and make a different choice so that you don't have the same regrets Mm -hmm. um, in the future is an important piece. And then also not holding on to that and letting that dictate who you are or your worth and stuff like that. Right. So I think you absolutely can still have regrets, but I think getting too caught up in them or tying yourself to them or consuming yourself with them isn't something that most of us or that any of us should do because Mm -hmm. in reality, there's nothing we can do to change it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something I really admire about you because when I think of like my own kind of like mishaps or decisions or things that I'm not super proud of I definitely still hold on to a lot of those things and not necessarily like I'm making those same decisions over and over again but I certainly haven't like put them into practice like you have like there's still a lot that I maybe have yet to like fully acknowledge because I'm nervous about how it's going to make me feel Mm -hmm. um but like you are definitely someone I see as being like very open about those like quote-unquote regrets and then actually taking action on it, which is really cool to actually like be able to watch right? and like feel. Yeah. I think it's easier in some situations than others, right? De- oh, for sure. Like, like there's lots yeah. of other regrets that we won't talk about on this podcast. <laughs> Maybe if we eventually start like a membership thing and we have private member, private podcast episodes. You mean where my mom can't listen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> But that's so funny because yesterday I made a story on Instagram and it was like, you know, when you got a 97% on a test and your dad was like, <laughs> what happened to the other 3%? My dad texted me <laughs> and was like, 
by the way, that was your mom that said that she got that <laughs> from your grandpa, Joe. I've never got 97% on a test in my life. <laughs> I was like, so yeah. I was like okay, sorry for Terry. throwing you under the bus, dad. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, it was freaking hilarious. But anyways, yeah, there's, it'll be quote unquote easier in certain situations than others. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I like appreciate how not just like in this podcast, but over the course of our relationship, you've been really like willing to be honest about those kind of things. Because for me, I'm definitely like a nurturer and get a lot of like my trust by being with people or in relationships or having conversations with people that are willing to talk beyond the surface level and like Mm -hmm. give something essentially like share something with me or give something to me that I can like hold and learn from and then vice versa share. So I don't think like our relationship would be the same if you weren't open like that. Right. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think you've brought that out in me. Right. Oh yeah. I mean like there's definitely people like that that'll happen with. I think like we've talked about before on this podcast, there's there's so many different types of friendships and we definitely don't need to value them in a hierarchy, but they are there for different reasons. People are very different in the relationships you form with people, even if they're a similar type of person. Um, Like one of my girlfriends and I were talking about how with some friends, we're silly. We're just like so silly. And with other people, we like love and we love who we are with them. We love who they are, but we're just like not that same silly. Like it would just feel weird to be silly with them. And I think that's so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think you've like, with this idea of like regrets and like how friendships have evolved, when you think about like your identity, I think that's something you talk about a lot is like, not just, and like your identity as Sarah, but for other people too, when they're considering themselves, do you think it's like life events, like um, certain things that prompt identity changes, or do you think it's like a slow evolution? I think it can be both. I think a lot of it is a slow evolution. Um, especially if we're talking about those instances that are maybe like not as quote unquote dramatic, Mm -hmm. right. But that still absolutely influence us. Um, those take longer to build awareness and start like, you know, being able to reflect on and integrate and stuff like that. But on the flip side, there's often times where, you know, you have a breakup or you move to a new city or, you have an injury or something that takes you out of your sport or your exercise modality that you identify with. Right. So I think it can be both. I think it can be acute. Um, and I think, well, acute is probably harder because it's like, you're kind of forced into it in certain situations, right. Whether it's for the best or maybe not. Um, but I think a lot of it is more just, learning and as you build awareness about yourself you start to learn how those like smaller things have contributed Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah I think so it kind of makes me think about um in our book club we read think again by Adam Grant and in our last call you brought up this like funny little diagram that I didn't even notice because I listened to the audiobook and it was like about identity and how you can't just change who you are by moving like your surroundings or changing your environment and it was like you unhappy at home, you still unhappy in Italy, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like something people get so wrong when we talk about identity and when we talk about like again, I think I'm moving away from really liking the term like best self, yeah. Um, but I'll use it here just because you know I don't have anything else to put in its place yet. Um, But when we're wanting to like better ourselves in some way, I think so many people think I just need one big change or maybe it's a career change. Maybe it's a relationship change, um, you know, a physical transformation or like literally moving and boom, like I'm going to now be that happy 
vibrant like person that I've always wanted to be Mm -hmm. um but just like that diagram said it's just like it doesn't work like that Um, have you felt yourself ever try to change by doing something like that Mm -hmm. that I mean we call that conditional happiness right like I'll be happy when Mm -hmm. I would if I could just do this I saw an Instagram post today that was like so good on that I forget whose it was on but um Oh, I think it was Alyssa Chang's. Oh, okay. Did you see it? No. Um, it was really good. Uh, anyways, um, for myself, I definitely, I definitely have been struggling with that a lot lately. And this concept of our best self, I think is also misconstrued. Misconstrued? You nailed it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Grammar is not my thing. For someone with a master's degree, don't fucking listen to me talk. I sound like a... Anyways, um, so this idea of our best self, I think we all have this like picture in our head of our best self being like happy all the time and super, well, for me, fitness is a big piece of that. Right. And, you know, all of these things. And it's like, that is not reality for literally anyone, you know? So I think being our best selves involves being able to recognize our shortcomings and being able to reflect on our regrets and learn and grow and move through challenging times with resiliency and stuff like that. Right. It doesn't mean that it's all sunshine and rainbows. And I think for me lately, because I've been feeling more negative than I have, like since before me and Brad started dating, um, I more negative now or just like, okay. Yeah. Like I'm feeling like the worst that I've probably felt in a long time, like since I was with my ex, um, in terms of like my confidence and my mood and stuff like that. Um, and I keep like grasping for like, okay, if I could just, you know, find the perfect morning routine (laughs) or like Phoenix is a perfect example. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to Phoenix and I'm automatically going to feel better because it's sunny and blah, blah, blah. And like, none of that works, you know? (laughs) And it's, if I'm having the expectation that I'm automatically not going to have any negative thoughts, I'm not going to feel tired at all. I'm going to have amazing workouts every day. Then yeah, obviously that's not going to help. Right. Cause it's just not realistic. So I don't know that's something that I'm like struggling with a lot lately. Cause I just want to flick a switch and go back to feeling how I felt, you know, honestly pre-covid I think since covid started it's just been like a slow down 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 and now I'm like at the fucking bottom Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's interesting to see like how I mean not that I want to like have a covid conversation but it's been interesting to see like how different people have navigated it and some people now that things are like back open again are just like fucking thriving Mm -hmm. and I think other people are like maybe you relate to this maybe not but like tried so hard to maintain some like semblance of normalcy or like business as usual in a sense Mm -hmm. like through it that now that it's over and things it well over I'll use that term lightly but like things are open again but it still doesn't feel the same like we lost pieces of ourselves in that and now like people are kind of coming out of the other side of it like what the fuck yeah for sure it's been really interesting to see people move through it differently mm-hmm. um yeah I just uh, I hate even thinking about it <laughs> like I'm honestly like don't even want to think about it I'm like let's just put those two years behind us um because it it's so easy to spiral when we think about just like the time and everything and where I get stressed about that maybe we should change the topic, but where I get stressed <laughs> about that is really thinking about the long-term implications for our society as a whole yeah. in terms of how it's like separated us. It has created so many issues with communication where people are now scared to speak their truth because they're going to get canceled or someone's going to be like, blah, 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 you know, and there's, there's a lot of issues with that. And as a society, challenging each other and having different thoughts and being able to engage in conversation with people that have different opinions than us is how society literally moves forward. And it just feels like we're, it's not safe to do that now, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And then also the kids 
I'm just like, how is this going to affect our future generations? Anyways, I feel like we should not talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't have to like keep talking about COVID stuff. Yeah. Um, and not to like circle back to our beloved book club again, but I think a really great point from that book that maybe we can like take into our like collective healing is that idea of building like those, oh God, what did he call them? Challenge networks challenge networks Mm -hmm. where you can find people who you love and and trust and who support you but also have different views than you and who who you have a mutual respect with where you can share your opinions or your feelings or your thoughts and be heard and be valued for having whatever um, like information you have to share and vice versa and I think I mean on an individual basis that's like probably where we should start for sure. Absolutely. I think there's so much growth and potential that can happen there. Even from just the practice of having a adult conversation, a grounded conversation with someone with a different perspective. It's hard. Being able to do that is so positive for your overall development. Mm-hmm. Right? So even whether- if in the moment you're like, this is exactly. the thing I've ever experienced. And even if your mind on the topic doesn't change, like mm-hmm. still being able to hold space for their opinion and to converse amicably, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. yeah. There's some skills, communication skills required for those things, but absolutely. Yeah. That's something I think like we talk about a lot. And I think, I think you and I do a pretty good job of that for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not, we're not scared to challenge each other but at the same time I feel like there's not a lot that we challenge each other on because we have a lot of the same like also views and stuff right it's so, more so like I'm sensing you're very reactive yeah. right and you're like correct I'm very unhinged <laughs> or like I'll come with like 30 ideas and you're like that sounds like a horrible fucking idea <laughs> so yeah we're good with that stuff but when it comes to challenge networks I don't really have I don't really have a challenge network. My family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My family has different views than me. I love them to death um, on a lot of things. But other than that, like most of the people in my life are like somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. on most things, right? Like, you know, we can honor the nuance and we can understand different perspectives and stuff. And we're like, cool, that's your thing. That's great. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a goal for us is to kind of like build a little bit more of that for ourselves. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I got some other shit maybe. I'm trying to work on. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Do the, <clears throat> do the self-development to get yourself in a happy place and then you yeah. can be challenged. Exactly. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I need to learn how to ground my fucking self first. Yeah. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, this next question I stole from a podcast that both of us used to listen to a lot that I'm pretty sure neither of us have Mind muscle? In, yeah, in yeah, a long as time. soon as you said that, I knew. But I do love this question. I think they okay. usually close with it, but- What's what is something, something you change your mind on? Yes, that you okay, previously held right. to be true that you have now changed your mind on, whether it's like for us, if it's nutrition, if it's yeah. coaching, if it's life, it's relationships- Oh, that is a good one. And I feel like I did that reflection not that long ago because we had our, again, in our book club, I think we asked <laughs> a similar question. Um, I think my views on fitness have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there's like some specific conversations I remember with my mom um, that I was like, so, so against like orange theory and like F45. And I was like, those are the worst things ever. <laughs> um, and I was very much like, everyone needs to train this way. Um, and while I still think there's inherent issues with those modalities, um, especially because lots of people under fuel for them, I think my mindset has opened up a lot to like, if you're moving in whatever capacity that is, that's amazing. Um, So I think that that's a big one. I'm trying to think. Like personally. Certain things, but I can't, nothing's coming to mind. Can you think of one for me? um, 
what did I literally just reflect it on that and now I can't remember that's interesting trying to think of something for another human being not that answering this question for myself would be any easier right now I mean I think when it comes to like um our business and stuff a lot of unlearning has been done in the last few years in terms of like marketing strategies and stuff like that. Right. Um, so things that I believed were the best way to like sell and bring people into the programs that we offer and stuff like that have definitely changed, um, in realizing like how problematic they are. That's been something that's for sure changed. You haven't had any like snacks that you used to love and now you're like, fuck that snack? Um, well, fuck cilantro. You don't like it? I feel like I got COVID and didn't know it. And then it changed my taste for cilantro. Cause you know oh. how people are like, mm-hmm. cilantro like tastes, tastes like soap. Like soap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of tastes like soap. It's not like unbearable, but like I used to fucking stuff my face in a bag of cilantro and just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so good and it's not like that anymore and I'm really sad yeah yeah that's my like go-to herb yeah well okay that sucks Uh, I'll keep in mind for next time I cook for you (laughs) no like I can still tolerate it but it's not it's just like I don't enjoy it as much (laughs) sad yeah yeah sad um what is something that you take a lot of pride in this is a bad time to be doing this podcast (laughs) I literally I've been like I said to Brad last week I just had a meltdown to be fair it was right before I got my period but I was like I suck at everything like I just had one of those um yeah but I take a lot of pride in my fitness I think Mm -hmm. um that's something that is definitely a big piece of my identity Um, and as I'm getting older, I'm struggling with that. Cause like, I'm just not, my body's not responding to CrossFit as well as it used to. So that's been a very big struggle for me Mm -hmm. today. I almost puked like a million times during that workout. And I just had, yeah. And I was like, what, I don't, I think something else is going on there, but, um, no, I'm not pregnant. Um, <laughs> I already asked for that. Yeah. That I literally I just finished my period. Um, so yeah, fitness, something I take a lot of pride in. Um, I take a lot of pride in the work that we do with our clients. Mm-hmm. Something that's very important to me. It is often like consumes majority of my life, my thoughts, you know, like I'm always thinking about okay, how can we serve our clients better? Why, why are certain things working for certain clients, not others? How can we, you know, work with more of the people that we want to work with all that kind of stuff? Yeah. If any of you couldn't tell by like being here, listening to the podcast, Sarah's brain is like pretty much always on like speed, like rolling through like things paradigm could do or should do or can change ways we can you know grow better serve people and so literally our Monday meetings are like me I've got the meeting minutes open there's a few things that I'm like oh I just need to check on this and Sarah's like here's the agenda today we've got 27 things 24 of them are brand new ideas and three of them are ideas I had a year ago that you said no to and I'm bringing up again it just is I don't know like it I don't know if it's like an entrepreneur thing because like my parents are entrepreneurs, Brad's an entrepreneur, like. I mean, just... bless your heart. If it wasn't for those 27 always influx ideas, we'd be like, what's the name of our company? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a blessing and a curse for sure. Um, but it is something that I take pride in and yeah, like, as you I'm so proud of the service that we offer tooting our own horn here but it's fucking a great service and we love our clients and I think both of us have had experiences with other nutrition coaches or companies where that wasn't the case and we know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that and that's like something that I never want the people in our space to feel right Um, so I take a lot of pride in that those would be 
two main things. Yeah, those are good ones. Mm. Well, with that, let's move a little bit into coaching. I'm curious. Um, I think in one podcast episode, we might've talked a little bit about like what got us into nutrition coaching. Um, But now that you are a nutrition coach, what is one of the biggest like lessons you've learned from your clients? Oh, I love that question. I love that question because I think clients often are quick to put coaches on a pedestal Mm -hmm. um, or to like really look up to their coaches and we're humans just as much as our clients are. Right. And so to be able to really reflect on how much we learn from our clients too, um, is nice. It's a nice little flip of the script. Um, so I think, I mean, I've learned a lot of different things from clients. I think the biggest thing that I've taken from my clients is, learning to be, I mean, practice empathy. That's something that has not necessarily come naturally to me. Um, And so being able to understand and hold space for a client's real struggles um, and obstacles, and also encourage and support them in making changes that are supportive to them as much as they can within their means. And that's been something that has definitely developed through coaching. Um, and certain clients have definitely brought that out in me more because they have had situations like so different from mine, but inside of that, they've been open to sharing, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's such a big thing when our clients can be vulnerable and can share and can be open, whether like, you know, it's sharing a struggle they're having, it's asking certain questions or saying like, Hey, this isn't necessarily working for me that's something that allows us to learn and tailor our coaching for sure. So um, practicing empathy and holding space is definitely something that I've learned from my clients. Um, I just think of like all the moms that I've worked with (laughs) and I'm like, I've learned how fucking hard it is to be a mom. Yeah. (laughs) Like as much as you can learn without like actually doing it. Exactly. Yeah. So And I think a big piece of like the empathy stuff has come from those situations where like, okay, we don't have that experience. Right. Um, So that my clients are a big inspiration, right? So when we're working with clients and they're out there doing the shit that they said they're going to do and, you know, putting in the work that's motivating to us. We don't feel motivated all the time. I mean, I'm speaking Mm -hmm. for you, but maybe you feel motivated all the time, but (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine? Yeah. So yeah, that is, I mean, my clients inspire me just as much as I might inspire them. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's from them doing the work, but also from sharing the shit, you know, it, both of those are inspiring in their own ways. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Was there any, part of coaching like when you first got into it or I guess even now that you were really like shocked by or like you had an idea of what it was going to be like and you were just like so wrong I think I had (laughs) I mean having grown up in fitness and having worked with a nutrition coach myself especially when we first started I think that I had this idea that everyone was automatically going to know how to do everything. You know, how do you track their macros? How to use my fitness pal, how to do their check-ins, blah, blah, blah. So that's like a very like surface level thing that I just like made an assumption. Mm -hmm. Um, and we learned really quickly that no, not everyone has done this before. Um, and there's lots of tools that we now provide to make sure that that transition is smooth as possible for sure. Um, what was the original question again? (laughs) um like what about coaching was like really shocking to learn or what were you wrong about before you kind of got into it Hmm. I gotta think on that a little bit another another thing um this happened when I opened the gym too and this is for any coaches listening is I had this idea, this is me being quite vulnerable right now. (laughs) Um, I had this idea that I was just going to be like, Hey, I'm a coach. 
And I had this sense of entitlement that people were just going to sign up. Oh, cause you were like, I'm me. Yeah. You like right. me come work. With exactly. Me. Yeah. yeah. Like I was like, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I went to school for this, you know, I'm likable. People are just going to automatically sign up. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that obviously didn't fucking happen, especially at the gym. Like when I opened the gym, also the gym is one of those big identity things. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Live better. That's a big one. I, f- I feel like I haven't fully processed that and grieved it. So there is a little bit of this still like weird dissociation, um, kind of like blocking that out mm-hmm. going on. Um, and there's definitely like some regrets in there and how I handled the end of it. Um, but yeah, so when I opened it, I was like, yes, the doors are open. Where are all the people? (laughs) Um, So that was something that was something like there was just kind of like a sense of entitlement there. Um, which I think that sense of entitlement literally just came from the fact that like growing up, most things in my life were, came pretty naturally to me. Like Mm -hmm. I was smart in school. I was good at sports and stuff like that. Right. So I was just like, I'm going to do this thing and people are going to fucking do it too. And <laughs> that didn't happen. So that was a, that was a learning curve for sure. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. We haven't talked about the gym. Mm-mm. Like everybody knows who's listening. I don't want to make assumptions, but like just a little background. Sarah owned a gym previously mm-hmm. before paradigm. She had a gym. And then when paradigm kind of like started growing, she said bye to the gym. Mm-hmm. I moved to another like, city. Oh yeah, that was part of it. Yeah, moved to another city, <laughs> ran the gym for a year through COVID, which was oh yeah, good god, so hard. Um, and then one of my amazing members ended up buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that situation, but that was. I keep saying to Brad lately, I do miss the. I mean, we build great connections with our nutrition clients, but there's something about being in person mm-hmm. with the humans that just mm-hmm. like, I was cleaning out a bunch of stuff and I found all these cards from members from the gym. And I was just like, frick, that like in-person connection, I do miss that a lot. And I have it at barracks, but I think it's just different because like Live Better was my gym. Mm-hmm. Well, and for it sure, was, you're just like you know automatically that much more invested in everything yeah yeah um so I do miss that and I often talk to Brad about like oh what would it look like to not that I would ever open another gym <laughs> if you were thinking about opening a gym I'm happy to have that conversation with you um I have the Zevia burps now <laughs> um but I do like think about doing more in-person stuff often just from like it's a different type of fulfillment than we get from our nutrition clients Mm -hmm. that's very different there's absolutely pros and cons but definitely that connection piece is that might be what was surprising to me the most what about coaching is just like I thought the connections were going to be like instant right because I had never prior to coaching like zoom popped off around the same time as like our business so we like started online and stayed online mm-hmm. I don't do much in-person stuff but I think going in I was like oh I'm gonna bond super hard with everyone real quick yeah and it, it just yeah it takes longer there's so much more nuance and like barriers to mm-hmm. fully getting to know someone through an online connection for sure the online piece and then just like nutrition coaching is vulnerable mm-hmm. right um, and so certain people just take longer to open up, you know, um, and it also depends on the type of client too, right? Definitely. Some clients, it happens naturally. Some clients, it never happens, right? It just depends on the client and what their goals are and how open they are and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is maybe our last little section before my fun rapid fire questions at the end but um if you're open to it I'm curious to talk a little bit more about 
like your personal stuff, maybe you and Brad. My first question in this list is, what is the weirdest or cheesiest thing that you and Brad say or do together? Oh, okay. There, there's a few. Um, <laughs> I don't know how this happened. So when Brad and I met, he was living in Keynote. And where? Oh, Keynote. It's just this like building downtown. It's oh. by the Stampede. Oh, yeah. okay. Anyways, also when I think about like, quote unquote, my best self, I often think back to when Brad and I met because I was just like, so full of energy Mm -hmm. and like so goofy and stuff. And like, I don't feel like that as much lately. Um, But no one can see me right now, except for Nicola, but we had this like dance move thing that we did. It was really weird. And I would like put my hands up (laughs) and he would put his hands here and we'd like go back and forth. Oh my God. And so sometimes we do that. Yes. Um, when we're just being goofy. So there's that. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. We say weird things. We used to always be like, I like you before we said I love you. Oh. So now we're always That's like so cute. You. Um what else? Cheesy. He's like a cheese ball. He's a ball of cheese. Which is so interesting because I wouldn't have initially got that from him. Really? No, I don't think so. I mean, when I met him, I met him in like a very like specific environment. And I was like, mm, are we working with a douchebag here? He was when, like a little chachi. Yeah, he was a little chachi. He still is a little chachi. That's just like, especially <laughs> for a, like we come from a small town where like, there's not like a lot of like preppy guys you know yeah preppy okay preppy is a better word I don't mean chachi is like and I don't mean douchey to mean he's not an incredible human being there was just like an air about him that I was like who is this guy who does he think he is just coming in here being like I'm gonna date Sarah well his like hair you know his hairstyle and then like his skin which is hilarious because my mom literally was like who's that guy that you're talking to over there he looks like he wears moisturizer yeah he has flawless skin yeah yeah and so it just he's he was totally not my type at all like complete opposite of my type yeah interesting well okay wait what was your type prior my type was like like thick (laughs) you should see what she's doing with her (laughs) arms right now like thick scruffy you know like quote-unquote manly man you know, which is like something that I've worked through a lot in therapy of like, okay, what I thought was like manly is not what's actually manly and is not what like by like your definition. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. When did you first meet him at, um, after the wedding? No. Okay. At, well, it was the day of that, but not anybody's wedding. A friend of ours got married, but prior it was that CrossFit competition. And yeah, okay. Him and his friend yeah. were there and I was watching Brandon. Yeah. And, and, Spencer like, and Brad Brad came to watch. Yes. So I was competing. So that's when Brad and I met too. Yeah. And I was standing by them because you had said, Oh, this guy I'm like kind of seeing is there. Yeah. And I I'm sure I like Instagram creep. So I knew what he was look he looked like. So I was like standing there and I was like, oh, this is the guy. And he kept like yelling at you. And I was like, excuse you. Yeah. You don't even know who I am, do you? And I was like, this asshole doesn't even know that I'm her best friend. Yeah. And I'm listening to him. Yeah. So you better say nice things. That's so funny. That was the first time that we met because we had just been like talking on Instagram. Oh, wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was judging the shit out of him. For sure. Just, just so he knows. You can tell him that later. Yeah, that's fair. Well, he already knows that. So when I met Brad, for those listening, I was also seeing this other guy at the time. And I was like trying to pick between these two guys. And Nicola and Brandon and I are having waffles. I think we we're out for waffles or something. Oh, yeah. The morning after the wedding. We yeah. were a little hungover. Yeah. And so I was like tr- going through the pros and cons and whatever of both of these guys, Brad had way more pros. Um, but Brandon was like, oh, no, no, don't say that. <laughs> I have to. I, Brad already knows. Brandon was like, Brad's really nice, but like he moves really poorly. <laughs> Cause Brandon's like the movement quality Nazi. Like he is like 
wants you to move well and Brad's mobility is not the best and he's a tall guy so it's hard for him and so it was just that's like maybe the most judgmental thing Brandon's ever said right like Brandon is not at all judgmental he's like usually the one who will give everybody the benefit of the doubt until the day they die (laughs) and he was like nah that guy moves like shit yeah it was so funny (laughs) but I will give it to Brad he moves way better now he's been working yeah absolutely I mean I don't move very well sometimes either so Um, I'm trying to think of other cheesy things we do but we'll leave it at that dance move for now okay cheesy things what about cute things cute or like cute things you do for each other um fuck you're putting me on the spot (laughs) knew what you were signing up for when I was like Sarah I have an idea for a podcast my one idea for for her 27 (laughs) you've had some good podcast ideas um I mean, I cook him breakfast every morning and that's cute. That is cute. Brandon um, cooks me breakfast. Yeah, I know. He does. It's yummy. Um, what else? I don't know. I can't think of any like cute things right now for some reason, which is really sad. Maybe because he was just gone for five days and I mm. didn't see him. Mm-hmm. Um, cute withdrawals. Cute withdrawals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we play Wordle together. Uh, beside each other beside each other do you smack talk while you're doing it yes and it's a competition of course yeah absolutely so that um we do a thursday night like thursday nights like our little date night mm-hmm. don't like book mm-hmm. meetings or anything um sometimes that just means we're watching bad tv sometimes we're doing something else mm-hmm. uh what else brad's really good at okay he's not as good at as Brandon at cards in regards to drawing them himself, but he's very good at writing cards. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got some cute cards from him. Do they make you cry? Uh, you know, I haven't been crying very much lately. And I think that's part of my problem. Oh, I think I got some shit like bottled up in there and yeah, I yeah. let it go. Gotcha. So well, maybe pick a few of those cards out, get some tears flowing, <laughs> get the get the tear train rolling, and then you can yeah. just kind of let it go, hop into the shower, have a nice shower cry. Mm-hmm. I do also have, so 10 Foot Henry was where we went on our first date, mm-hmm. and they have these like postcards that you get. So every year we go on a date there, and I have all the postcards with the date on it. Okay, that's really cute. cute. Yeah, that's something. That's very cute. Yeah um what were some things that you really liked doing when you were a kid nothing fun obviously (laughs) I mean I just played sports like I always had at least two or three sports going so when you were at home like did you and Matt ever do anything fun me and Matt Okay, this was like not necessarily kids. We were a little bit older because it was when I could drive, but we used to sit in my Jimmy in the garage mm-hmm. and we would l- replay Eminem songs over and over and over until we learned all the words. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> we would just rap. Um, so that. I thought you were going to say smoke cigarettes and that I was no. going to die. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, sing Eminem. What did Matt and I do? Fucking who knows? I think we built a lot of forts. We, so we moved around a lot. We, I've lived in like a lot of different houses. So when, when we lived in Edmonton, I lived in three different houses there. And then I lived in three different houses in Red Deer. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, think about, you know, in those houses, we liked the trampoline. So you were a family with a trampoline. I yeah. was fucking jealous. Yeah. We had a trampoline and our neighbors had a trampoline and our neighbors was better because it was right by the shed. So we could climb up on the shed <laughs> and then jump off the shed onto the trampoline Jesus. and sprinkler under the trampoline. Ooh. Yep, also- yep. 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 Also know what else I like doing as a kid with my cousin, Brianna, um, making up dances and doing shows for our family. Oh, cute. Yeah. And I did that with my friends, Jacqueline and Lauren too. Wow. What's that um, song? Oh, Say La V. Like, say you will, say you won't. Say yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that will. like S Club 7 or something? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, 
I remember specifically making that dance up and watching a night's tale like three times in the same day at, in my friend Jacqueline's basement. Night's tale is a classic and it's one that actually aged like okay. Yeah, I haven't watched it for a long it's time. It's not that like super fun. problematic like the other ones of that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. So yeah, those were some things. <laughs> um do you think that there are any specific personality tests that you've taken that you're like, oh my God, it's so spot on? Honestly, I haven't really like got into any of those big personality tests. Like I don't You're even... not a personality test person. No. Interesting. Yeah. What Which about I think I would like because I love I would think that. But like I just That's haven't question. So like the Myers Briggs, I know I took it, but I don't remember what I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Enneagram, I don't know, but I do Probably know one. that I am We're a conductor. <laughs> I know I'm a conductor. Yeah, <laughs> Leadership design. yeah. I mean, I, I relate with the conductor a lot. Um, what about in terms of astrology? Are you a full Taurus? That's another line with your son. I need to can you give me back the book I bought for your birthday so I can read it (laughs) for sure because that's another one where I like like I love tarot and I love like my moon calendar and stuff but I have not read enough about it to like understand or like resonate with like the sun moon rising stuff yeah it's hard because I feel like depending on your source like so many things say different things Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting there is a lot um I think but, that Taurus, like they value their like career um, mm-hmm. and also, also health and fitness is important to them, I think. So that resonates, but like aesthetics, like aren't Taurus like supposed to be like super aesthetic? I thought that was more a Leo thing, uh, but well, maybe that's, I mean, again, I'm talking. If it's a Taurus from- thing, I do not identify with that. Fucking, have you seen me dress? Or like you try to do nice anything things. design. <laughs> oh, you mean like my brain doesn't work. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, okay. So we'll look into that a little bit more. We'll <laughs> we'll check back in our next interview episode and see where Sarah's at with her astrology. Okay. <laughs> see if you yeah, have really um gone deep into the world of the Taurus. Yeah. Okay, well, let's uh rapidly wrap it up with some rapid fire. Okay. Okay, these are all just blank. Fill in the blank. We'll just wait. <coughs> I thought you were gonna burp. Okay. Ready? Ready? Yep. Ready? Yep. I can't live without blank. Brad. Wow. My biggest pet peeve is when people go to the bathroom in the stall right beside you when there's like multiple stalls open. You did that really fast. Okay. I fucking hate that okay okay that's fair that's fucking weird um if you could eat any food right now what would it be Mm. i'm not hungry right now too bad you gotta put something in your mouth what would it be the pot stickers that are downstairs on the stove waiting for me god that's boring okay moving on (laughs) what is one thing you would recommend to everybody therapy sick um your weirdest habit is blank I have a lot of weird habits give me one I love picking a good booger (laughs) and if you say you don't like picking a good booger you're full of shit okay I will take picking a booger and raise you picking a a booger with a q-tip yeah you fucking weirdo it's the most luxurious thing you can do you don't get the satisfaction of like feeling it pulled (laughs) Yes, you do, but you don't have to touch it. Oh, no. Okay. Well, picking a good booger. <sighs> okay. That was it. Those are my rapid fire. Those were it? Oh, well, that yeah. was fun. That was my favorite part. Oh, damn it. Okay. I'll <laughs> think of some more for an arc Mostly just because it was easy and I didn't have to think or anything. I find those to be the most challenging because I am so slow to think of things. Right. That like an hour after the podcast, I'd be like, fuck, I had the best answer ever. I know. I'm already thinking about that. Um, What's your favorite TV show right now? I'm watching Grey's Anatomy again. 
Okay, oh, wow. There was a lot of attitude with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched Love is Blind and it just is so bad. Could you please watch The Ultimatum next? I got no. back and watching it. Come on. It's I can't. So wild. I can't. Okay. Oh. I've got other friends to talk about TV with. <laughs> Anyways, um, you want to watch Yellow Jackets? Yes. Yeah. Because that's the only reason you'll be invited back to Victoria. Jordan's like, if she doesn't watch it, she's not invited back to coffee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Rude. Okay. Well, well yeah, that's all I got for you. Okay. Um, well, that was nice. Okay. So that was interview part one. Sarah. There may never be an interview. Hope part you two. enjoyed it. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, the next interview episode will be me interviewing Nicola. Don't know when that's going to happen. Maybe yeah. we should interview Brandon and Brad in the same episode. Oh my gosh, we should. And it should be all questions about how great we are. <laughs> What's your What's favorite your- thing about us? what's the cutest thing that nicola does yeah <laughs> what's the sexiest thing that sarah does what you're doing right now <laughs> that's so funny what's Anyways. your favorite thing that sarah cooks if you are still listening nothing <laughs> you just put sauce on all of it and can't even fucking taste it anyway oh god brad if you're still listening and you enjoyed this episode please let us know whether you shoot us a dm or you know leave us a comment here or something because if y'all like these we will do more of them i mean we would like to have guests on yeah (laughs) (laughs) nicola's doing some weird thing with her glasses right now she looks like a grandma oh i'm I'm just practicing you look like some okay wait i don't know if you've noticed this but lately it's been bothering me when you get old does your threshold for interesting conversations just drastically drop for instance every time I'm like around an old person they are so interested in what other people have to say when what that other person is saying is so boring like they can hold conversations with people who are talking about literally nothing and they're like, oh, yeah, wow, that's great to hear. We're really pleased that that's still happening. Like, you know, they're just like, they're very encouraging about the most trivial things. And I'm worried that that's what happens to all of our brains as we get older. Well, I mean, I think there's different reasons. Maybe they're lonely and they're just excited to have a conversation. Or maybe they are not having that many experiences in their life. And they're excited to hear about other people's experiences. Wow. I don't know. Oh, wow. I said to someone recently when we were talking about um, the fact that I will not be having children, not for me. I'm, I'm pleased if you have them. Well, that's maybe a stretch. Um, I believe in everybody's reproductive rights and your freedom to choose. However, my choice for myself is not having kids because I don't know how to deal with them. And quite frankly, sometimes their presence, given the environment, can't I can't deal with and I was talking to a friend about it recently and I said you know what I'm really I can't do with children I don't understand them and you know what I'm glad I never was a child (laughs) I I just like (laughs) my memory of myself is like I was born I was an adult there was no you blacked it out I was never annoying there's no possible way I was annoying I I couldn't have been needy your mom dad and brother um well this podcast is supposed to be about you but I will tell you I was never the child to like make a tantrum or make a scene in like the grocery store because for whatever reason my mom had this brilliant skill where if she could sense that we were like amping up to like have a fit she would bend over and whisper in our ear you cut that out right now and we were like (gasps) I can totally see that. And all of a sudden we were just like great little children. That's so funny. Your mama's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, we're going to let us know if you like this because who's to say? Yeah. We enjoyed ourselves. Yeah. And that's sometimes all that matters. Yeah. You betcha. That's.
I don't know what I was going to say. We're cutting it off. We're yeah. done. Do we like, need to fuck yes and fuck no today? No. <laughs> we had. Actually, Those. I remembered mine from the last time. Okay. Okay, what is it? My fuck no. It was a fuck no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you have to put white out in your planner. Oh, dear God. That is maybe the worst thing I've <laughs> yeah. ever heard. Yeah. 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 I was on a call with a new client today and we booked a call for next week. And then two seconds later, after I wrote it down, she was like, actually, that doesn't work. <gasps> and you were like, we can't work together. <laughs> Sorry. It's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> so yeah, that's the worst. That's my fuck no. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a fuck I can yes? Agree with that. Do you have a fuck yes? Um. it's a fuck yes and a fuck no grips for doing pull-ups oh a big fuck yes we did a lot of that kind of stuff today but then if I don't have them I'm fucked now Mm. I rely solely on grips can't do anything with my baby little hands I don't use them okay well yeah anyways oh Brad's texting me oh it was oh cute another cute thing you do text each other within the house <laughs> he's probably like hey we're supposed to have sexy time stop talking to nicola yeah that's fair peace yeah. out brad um oh he sent me a link that's cute so i have some hormone shit going on and he was just talking to cal our therapist and he probably told cal about my hormone shit going on and then he sent me a link that cal probably sent him oh of, my like, god doctors <laughs> classic our our mutual therapist <coughs> love the guy but like clueless quite, quite the guy oh when it comes to like being a woman i'm just like cal you did not hit the nail on the head with the hammer <laughs> <laughs> i did it no you did not you don't have to say with the hammer what you just say hit the nail on the head. It's oh. implied that you're using a hammer. You don't have to say the hammer. <laughs> Whatever. I almost got it. Anyways, close. That was there's yeah. she's practicing. Um, okay, so let's wrap it up. You go yeah. see Brad, you go use the links, and we'll catch you all on the flippity flip. Bye. Bye. Bye.